Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey Status Post Adulting fam, this is Sammy and Michelle and you're listening to the 16th episode of Status Post Adulting where we're talking about tracking your spending. But first, let me check in with my co-host Michelle. How are you doing Michelle? I'm good. And I want to say a happy Mother's Day to the best mother in the world, our mom. Thank you for supporting and listening to us. Happy Mother's Day, Chamber. Another holiday I want to acknowledge, taxes. Sammy, have you finished your taxes yet? No. I have. I finished them a while ago, before even the date extension. So just wanted to point out that I am better than you. This is very unusual for me that I would not have my taxes done by this time. But it has been a crazy year and there has been some discrepancies on my W-2, which have slowed me down. All excuses. <laughs> but I won't hold that over you because I know that you do other things really well, like tracking your spending. Exactly, Michelle, and wonderful transition into today's topic, which is tracking your spending. Tracking our spending? Tracking my spending. Tracking spending. Yes. Sammy and I wanted to double click on tracking your spending because it's something that we referenced in a couple episodes, but we did think it was good to not just express quickly our excitement or feelings about tracking your spending, but really explain why we think it's important and why it is the foundation to building wealth and having a really strong way to approach your personal finances. Yes, Michelle. Tracking your spending is the key to financial freedom and financial independence. People get excited about the sexy things like investing and house hacking and buying real estate. But I really, really, really do think that tracking your spending and knowing where your money is going in particular and also just knowing how much money you spend is the most important thing in building wealth. I have to say, Sammy, this is definitely something that you told me probably years ago at this point, and I was slow to adopt, but I was really surprised by what I learned by starting to track my spending and also how easy it is. I think I overcomplicated it. I didn't want to do it. But at the end of the day, setting aside a little bit of time to go through a little bit of your spending helps paint a really good picture of what's actually going on with your money, not just what you think is going on. At a really basic, basic level, when it comes to approaching tracking your spending, what you really need to know is where you're spending your money. So collecting your information from your credit card, your debit card, your receipts, writing down your unspecified cash transactions, I don't know, whatever it is, um, and having a vessel for it, or document, Google, Word doc, spreadsheet, or even writing it down. From there, you just write down literally every single expense and you start to categorize it. And so at a very, very bare bones level, that's all you need to do to get started. Exactly, Michelle. And when I first started tracking my spending, the very first thing I did was figure out how much my recurring payments cost. So that's things like rent, utilities, car insurance, car payments. Calculate all of those so that you have an idea of what you will be spending at minimum every single month. From there, 
I went ahead and made a Word document where I put a chart in for each pay period and I would record every single payment that I had that pay period. So if I went to the gas station or if I went to a restaurant, I would collect all the receipts. I would also put in everything that maybe I spent on Venmo that I spent with cash and I would record all of these into the chart. In the beginning, I just recommend literally just recording everything. For for me, I did it for about three to four pay periods before trying to categorize and figure out exactly where my money's going. I agree with that, Sammy. The point of tracking your spending, especially when you start, is not necessarily to have judgment or an opinion. It's just about getting it all in one place so that you can start to collect that data. And that's when the fun really begins, Michelle. Once you've collected some data, you can really start to see patterns. It's super exciting. For me, I have this Word document called Money Musings, where I write down any type of money, thoughts, patterns, ideas that are coming to my mind. It's probably one of my favorite money documents. Are there any that you'd like to share, Sammy? Of course, Michelle. (laughs) So once I started recording my spending, at that time, as many people, the thing I spent most on was rent. So I made a list of these changes that I could make to bring down my regular spending. And one of the biggest things was move to a lower cost of living area. The second thing was eliminate student loan debt. And then the third thing was pay off my car. Something I really want to highlight there, Sammy, is something that Ramit Sethi talks about in his book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which is that we're often given these bite-sized advice, which is cut down on the lattes or avocado toast is preventing you from buying a house. And the reality is, is that the best place typically to save money are on your biggest expenses, which is typically for a lot of people, housing, car, maybe different utility bills, things like that. So true, Michelle. And I really wanted to write down every single thing that I could think that would bring down my expenses. So some other things were like making friends whose goals align with my own goals. Friends who would be down to do potlucks or picnics in the park instead of always going out to eat or always going out to the bars. And by the end of the list, things started to get pretty humorous. One of my second to last ones was don't date. And under this category, I had things that I would save on if I didn't date, which was waxes, random Ubers, and in San Francisco's, you feel me ladies, the dreaded split bill nightmare. And the very last one was get off the grid. And under this category, I wrote, what makes you regularly need fast internet? Your job? Your desire to always feel connected? Once you let go of these things and accept a jitterbag as an acceptable phone and only require the internet collection at the library, you will be the most free. And to clarify, you don't need to be like Sammy, where her end conclusion is to die alone in a bunker with her jitterbug phone. You can still have access to human connection and save money. So true, Michelle. And a side note, from our previous episode on the four tendencies, Michelle is a rebel, so she is not anti-bunker. You may see us living in a bunker in the future. (laughs) But we digress, Michelle. So once you start to get some data on where your money's going and you start to see what categories you often spend on, what I really enjoyed doing was figuring out how much money do I generally spend each month? And then from there, you can, of course, times that by 12 to figure out how much money you generally spend each year. And the most exciting thing is once you know about how much you spend each year, then you can calculate your estimated financial independence number 
by using the 4% rule. So the 4% rule is a number used by people to estimate how much you would need to spend in retirement. And we'll link to some articles about it again in the show notes. So you take your annual spending, you times it by 25, and it gives you a number that reflects the amount of money you would need to live off of, assuming you would get a 4% interest every year, and that you could then live off that 4% without going down on the principal. For me, knowing this number is so liberating because it can be kind of uninspiring to try to be frugal and not spend money without a bigger goal. Once I knew what my first FI number was, which when we were living in San Francisco, in an apartment, doing all the things, it was very high. Once I knew that number, I knew that by cutting down my spending, I would have a much lower number. I would require less money to live off of forever. Absolutely, Sammy. When it comes to tracking your spending, whether you have a goal to be financially independent, to retire early, or just get an idea of where your money is going, the big takeaway is that everything that you do, every interaction, every meal, all of those things, there is an assigned value to it. There's a dollar amount that goes to every single one of those activities, material goods, etc. And what you want to make sure is that your dollar amount aligns with your values. We've talked about this before, but what we realized when we started to be more conscientious of our spending is sometimes your money does go places and you're like, I didn't even enjoy that activity that much or... I love food. I don't really care that much about what I eat. I love clothes. I don't really care about what I wear. Whatever it is, a lot of times you might be spending money on things that you don't value as much. By tracking your spending, you can see where your money's going and you can make the adjustments that you need to to align with your desires and your goals. That's so true, Michelle. I remember when I was first tracking my spending, a big cost was eating out and sometimes even just lunches or dinners that I would Uber eat. And I'm not the type of person who's like a foodie or who really cares about food that much. So to be spending that much money on food when in reality, I'll probably eat anything was a little bit obscene to me. On the other hand, now that I've been tracking my spending and I've been adjusting my lifestyle to align with my values, my top spending category for 2020 was gifts. And I do like spending on gifts. I love to give people or my friends gifts or things that they would value. And so that does bring me joy and it aligns with my values. Gifts is a great example for you, Sammy, because before you started tracking your spending, did you have any idea that you spent the amount of money that you do on gifts? Yeah, that's a good point, Michelle. I was still spending a lot of money on gifts before I started tracking my spending. It was just kind of an obscene amount. But once I started tracking my spending, with each month, with each paycheck, I could get increasingly nuanced. I came up with a system on how I would do gifts. For example, if it was one of my staff members leaving, I would spend this much amount of money. If it was someone's birthday, I would spend this much amount of money. So things were kind of planned out ahead of time instead of last minute spending, which ended up costing me way more than if I had planned it ahead of time. I do think if you track your spendings, Amy, you do see little surprises like that. Again, in this example, it's not something that you wanted to do differently. We even spoke about it and you were telling me that you do enjoy doing these things. So it wasn't like, oh, I have to eliminate giving gifts to people, but you're able to invest more or smarter in the things that you want to invest in and you can cut out things that mean less to you. Sammy and I can't tell you what to value. We can't tell you what you're spending your money on and we can't tell you what's important, but 
That's why tracking your spending is so great. It gives you ownership to look at that information, collect that data, identify patterns, and make adjustments as needed. Exactly, Michelle. Building wealth and growing your money is all about increasing the gap. And the gap is the money between how much you make and how much you spend. One way to look at it is by calculating your savings rate. So once you start tracking your spending, you can start calculating what percentage of your income you're spending each year. And that's a really fun thing to keep track of and be competitive with yourself about. I'll link in the show notes on different equations you can use to calculate your spending. There are so many different ways and it is a rabbit hole in itself. But Michelle, what I really think tracking your spending is about is it's about changing your relationship with money. I often hear people say things like, you shouldn't have scarcity mindset, you should have an abundance mindset, so you know, shouldn't hesitate to spend money. I think what it really is about is about knowing how to utilize the money that comes in. I really feel that when we start tracking our spending and optimizing on how we spend our money to align with our values, I honestly believe that more money starts coming in because money is an energy and it has this trust that you know how to spend it. I mean, I know it's ridiculous, but like I remember, you know, once I started tracking my spending and really started getting organized about my money, I remember like there were a few paychecks where I just got like thousands of extra dollars and I was like, money, 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 money. You have to go back to my workplace. You know, you can't keep coming to me because you love me and you feel like you trust me. You got to go back to the place where you were found. The story we're not telling is about how Sammy found an accounting error with her work. (laughs) We won't get into that. But honestly, I do think once you know where your money's going and you know how to utilize it, I really do think that the universe just brings you more because it has faith that you're going to do the best thing with that money. It's so true, Sammy. And the truth is, is that what happens instead a lot of times is that maybe you're spending, spending, spending or whatever it is. You have an anxiety because you have no idea what's happening. I've been there where I just choose to ignore it and I think it doesn't matter. And then randomly, I'll have moments where I'm like, am I spending too much on this? And then you you just end up having this weird balance of kind of being a tight wad and then spending a lot of money and then having a really bad relationship with money. But when you actually know where your money is going, money is coming to you because it, and it trusts you. And it knows that it's going to go to a good place because you're being intentional with every dollar that you spend. I love that, Michelle. For today's adulting versus status post-adulting segment of the podcast, do you have any examples? This isn't related to anything, but adulting, all your mugs having cracks in them, status post-adulting, holding the handle of your mug while you wash it. This is a super personal problem, but when I was living with myself, I realized I was destroying all my mugs because I would hand wash some of them and then I would drop them all the time. The trick, guys, is you gotta hold the handle. You know, that is so true, Michelle. And on that note, if you're grabbing two mugs in one hand, you don't want them to bump into each other because that chipping still happens. Also, to our parents, this is not an admission that we're ruining all the mugs, okay? Because that has been thrown around a couple, a little bit around this house. And I just want to say that I do not take credit for all the chip mugs in this home. And maybe another status post adulting is not spending too much money on mugs <laughs> because um, it's not going to end well. We do have quite a mug collection in our home. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Status Post Adulting. 
We are so grateful that you tune in to us every week or that you binge these episodes. We really appreciate it. Thank you so, 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 so much for sharing it with your friends. We are seeing more and more people tune in across the world. No Antarctica yet, but we are very excited to see that. And welcome if you are a new listener to Status Post Adulting. If you have anything you want to say to us, you can email us at statuspostadulting at gmail.com or feel free to shoot us a message, a DM on our Instagram at statuspostadulting. Yes, thank you all and be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.